Welcome home. You're listening to the Life Center Rainier Weekend Message. Hello, Life Center Rainier. This is Jesse. We're so glad that you would come and gather with us today. Uh, right now would be a great time to extend invitation for someone else to come and experience all that God is up to here today. I'm believing that today's going to be a great day and these words that he's given us to really embody and believe and, and really being powered by his grace to know him deeply would benefit someone else. So go ahead and extend. But as we lean in today, we're entering into a new collection of talks, a new sermon series, if you will, called Never be the same, never be the same. And in these times of, of the reality of what we're dealing with in, with COVID-19 and the coronavirus and uh, the quarantining and the limitations that we have encountered, we believe and pray that for the best reasons in ways that we too are never going to be the same from this day forward, that we take this slow down, this time to pause, reflect, really believe that Jesus is meeting us in the depths of every area of our life, that we would become aware of the things of the areas of our life that are unhealthy and, and so much more aware of the goodness of who he is in our life. So as we lean into this collection of talks, we're going to talk about a myriad of different people in the Bible that have an encounter with Jesus. And after having this encounter with Jesus, they are left never the same. In these portion of scriptures, we believe that this will reveal to us the goodness of God. Because in this life, there's many things that can impact us, but there's only one that can truly change us in the most deeply profound eternal ways. And that's Jesus Christ. And so as we lean into this scripture today, I believe that it's going to speak to us and lead us to a place of knowing him better and really being encouraged to be strengthened during this time. But let's go to this portion of scripture now, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read this portion of scripture to us today. And uh, just go ahead and follow along with us. Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Verse five, he says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. These are the words of our Holy scripture. As we open them up and allow them to examine us and reveal to us the goodness of our God. I believe that he's going to do that in a profound way. And the title of my talk today, if you're taking notes is this up to something good up to something good. 
Even in these times when things might not feel good to us, we know that our God is good in the midst of all of it. And we have to be encouraged to know what he's up to. And he's up to something good, even when things seem and feel down to the deepest core of who we are. It should be revealing of us the insecurities. It should be revealing of us the areas of unhealth. But it ultimately should point us to the person that will help preserve us in this time, encourage us in the areas of need, but ultimately allow us to know him a deeper, deeper way. Now, this portion of scripture, I believe, will help exhaust and profoundly uh, equip us during this time. And I have a few teaching points that I would hope to help us all today. And the first thought is this, if you would write this down. Number one, the first thing I see in this, I believe Jesus is teaching us that he sees us and knows us. Number one, Jesus sees us and knows us. Um, There's a desire in every one of our lives to be seen and known. Come on, we're all the middle children out, out there, right? We feel like sometimes we're overseen or undervalued. Uh, this is just the reality of who we are as humanity. There's different times where we feel like we're not necessarily seen or known. And everyone has a desire to be seen or known. And in this, we see that Zacchaeus went to a place to see who Jesus was to know more about who he is. But the truth is Zacchaeus was very seen and very known. Now it says that he was a chief tax collector. Now tax collectors were not a uh, desirable position. Matter of fact, for Zacchaeus, anyone that was collecting taxes was deemed a sellout. They were a, a, a Jewish person doing work for the Roman society. They were going and collecting taxes from the people that they grew up and were a part of, but now they turned their back and went and worked for the, the Roman institution, the government. And this person, Zacchaeus, it says that he was a short man, but he was wealthy. Maybe in the modern day context, just to give you a visual, you could think about like Danny DeVito. You know, in the archaeology finds, uh, historians have said that the, the doorways to their communities at that time uh, really would serve the common height of a man to be about five foot. So if that was the common height and they're saying Zacchaeus was a little man, that he was short, smaller, that's saying he was pretty short. And so we see that Jesus entered into Jericho. He walked into this town. This was a well-known community and place that, that was really desirable to be in. It was below sea level, about 2,500 feet down from Jerusalem. It says Jesus entered into this place. And now he knew that he was coming and Zacchaeus wanted to see about Jesus. In verse five, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, this is a real clear indication right here. It says, Jesus sees us and he knows us. What is he saying? He's saying he sees us wherever we are and he speaks to the realities in which we are facing. He knew all about Zacchaeus. Matter of fact, it even says that he knew his name and he called out to him Zacchaeus. In this life, they say in, in, in the psychology world that there's this Mavlov's hierarchy of, of needs and the base bare 
basic minimum of our needs is about just basic need, food, water, just the things that keep us alive. Then there's another level of need, and it's just about our safety. Uh, don't die, preserve your, your life. Uh, and it goes up to another level of, of love and belonging. This is the known part. And the next level is esteem. This is being seen and valued. And then the highest level in this is self-actualization. This is a desire to really be the best version of yourself. And so even in our psyche, the reality is, is that we all have this value to be seen and known. And this is the very first thing that Jesus does with this outsider. He's associated with sinners. Scripturally, it's tax collectors and sinners. He's, he's, he's someone that no one else would associate with. He's seen and known, but not in a good way. And he was seeking out Jesus, wanting to see Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he realizes that Jesus actually sees him. Now, let me just take a moment to say this. This is the grace of God. As though you and I would say that we, when we found Jesus or in our pursuits, we went to go after God. Let me just tell you that gospel is works-based. You and I did not find Jesus. Jesus found us. That in our muck, in our mire, in our depths of our sin and our pain, Jesus saw us and he knows us. And he loved us and he led us to a place and a path of grace. But why did he seek out Jesus? Well, now this is speculative, but maybe you heard about Jesus before and how he dealt with other tax collectors. If you've ever read the book of Luke, you probably would, or any of the, the gospel narratives, you would probably see that Jesus, it says in like Luke 15, it says that Jesus reclined at table with sinner and tax collectors. That Jesus was someone that saw and knew and took time to love the most unlovable. But it says that Zacchaeus ran and climbed. Now, this is not anything that a man of his stature, anyone with a dignity as a, as a man that served in the capacities that he did would ever do. For him to run and climb was very indignant, but he found himself doing whatever it took to really inquire of God. Jesus knows your name. He spoke right to him and says, Zacchaeus, I must come down, come down here immediately. I must stay at your house. All throughout scripture, we see Jesus going, seeing, acknowledging and stopping. And we talk a lot about what it means to follow the feet of Jesus. We see the steps of Jesus all throughout scripture and the steps of Jesus are, are, are important for us to identify. But what about the, not the steps, but the stops of Jesus. When Jesus stops, he starts to engage with people that might feel disenfranchised, might feel like they're on the fringe, might feel like they're far from anyone else's visibility. But Jesus stops and he sees the most unlovable. He saw the woman at the well. He saw the man with the withered hand. He saw the paralytic. He saw the blind man. He saw these people when no one else would see them. And friends, I need us to know this today. Even in the midst of our reality, the great I am is aware of who you are. He sees you and he knows you and he longs to have an encounter with us that would never leave us the same, that we would never be the same after these days and the awakening and the revealing of how good he truly is. Amen. Number two, number two is this. 
It's not just that he sees us and knows us, but Jesus speaks to us and reveals his plans for us. Carrying on in verses five and six, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, he speaks, he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly to come down, to humble ourselves, to really shift our, our realities from a place of positioning and a posture. Zacchaeus served in a great position, a hierarchical position of being a chief tax collector. He was someone that oversaw an entire region. This is a little different than being the assistant to the regional manager. He was the regional manager, if you will. And so he, he was someone that was esteemed and, and positioned in this hierarchical place of positioning that he would be at the pinnacle. But now he knows for him to see Jesus right, he's got to position himself well and really lean out and get out and take a risk and proverbially or practically go out on a limb. And so he goes out and we can see that this now is him going up to a place to get a different vantage point, but yet Jesus calls him down in humility. We can always know what we know, but when it comes for us to know what Jesus knows, it requires a humility and a willingness. And Jesus will speak to us and reveal to us what he has for us. That's better than anything we could have for ourselves. If we're willing to just come down. John chapter 10, verse three says this, that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I just really believe that a life of seeking Jesus is a life of learning how to turn away from self and the self promotions and the positioning of our own pride. When we come down and allow Jesus to speak to where we are and reveal his plans for us, we have to humble ourselves in a way that would allow Jesus to ultimately be lifted up. He says, come down. I must meet with you. I must stay with you today. What is he saying? He's saying, I must have intimate connection in relationship with you in a way that's not just passing or flippant or, or, or just kind of a little bit of time here or there. No, he's saying, I need you to hurry up and wait. Have you heard that term before? Some of my military friends probably know that term well. Hurry up and wait. Jesus is saying, I need you to come down right now. But when you get down here, I want you to stay right here and posture yourself in a position that would allow us to commune and connect at a deeper way. Matthew chapter nine, verse 10. This is another uh, narrative of Matthew, whose name previously was Levi. And when Jesus found him, he was at a tax collecting booth says this while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. See, when it comes to the plans and the purposes of God that he has for you and I, it has more to do with the journey than it does the destination. 
Jesus is saying, wherever I found you is not where I'm going to leave you. I'll find you in your worst and I'll help you. I'll help reveal the greatest, the great I am, the King of Kings and Jesus as God. He finds us where we are and he speaks to us. And through this, if we respond to listening to the still small voice of God, like the sheep know the shepherd's voice. If we listen, lean in and reposition ourselves and say, I know what I know, but I want to know what you have to know, Jesus, because anytime we choose to pursue Jesus in this life, just so you know, there's going to be someone that has an opinion about it. If you keep reading down to uh, verse seven, it says, and all the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be with the guest of a sinner. So who are the people saying this? Well, it was the, the Jewish people and they were probably in a place now where they were grumbling and, and really allowing the, the deep seed of bitter root that was sown in their hearts generations previously as they were the people of exile. They were delivered from exile and now they've been grumbling ever since because they didn't get the perfect, perfectly placed with their preferences in a way that they would get it when they want it. And so these friends are grumbling saying, well, who is he to go and take this person? Nobody likes Zacchaeus. The fact that Jesus was willing to speak to him and reveal to him how good God is. And if we allow God to come into our life, we get to see the goodness of God in this way. And so sometimes when people see you respond to the goodness of God, they're going to have an opinion about it. They're going to have a problem with it. Others have an issue with your obedience to God. And they'll try to speak to what you used to be. And what God always does is he speaks to who you're called to be. And all throughout scripture, we see people identified by their issues. Like I referenced previously, the man with a withered hand, the woman with an issue of blood, the paralytic, the blind man. See, people that have a problem with your obedience in Jesus, when you're willing to hear him, see him, allow him to see you, know you, and now to follow the plans that he has paid out for you, people are going to have a problem with this. Why? Because they have an inferiority complex, as we all do. And we all need to get off our high positioning and come back to a humble place and allow Jesus to know that we long to see him, but he sees us. We long for him to speak to us and and hear him and allow him to reveal to us the plans that he has for us because people want to identify us by our issues. But Jesus sees us for he, he, who he knows us to be beloved, purposed, called child. And it says that they muttered. This was grumbling, you know, complaining. If you've never understood the word muttering, that means you're not married yet. But we all oftentimes find ourselves complaining. And when we're complaining, we can't hear the calling. We can't hear Jesus. And he keeps us from seeing the change that we're called to when we're constantly complaining about the things we have no control over in the first place. But let me just remind us, he's up to something Good. Number three, and finally, and I'll close with this, is not not just that Jesus sees us and knows us. It's not that just Jesus speaks to us and reveals his plans for us, but Jesus calls us and longs to move through us. Uh, Verse eight and nine, again, it says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 
Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated, cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You know, a couple things that we need to be aware of right here. Zacchaeus's name actually means pure or righteous one. His positioning was a chief tax collector, which means he was very wealthy. And now it's saying that if he's cheated anyone, he was known as a cheat. He was known as a person that, that positioned himself and aligned himself with the, the Roman rule and allowed his financial gain to be at the expense of his people. He was rich. And scripturally, we see that to be a problem for other people to enter into the kingdom. Even just a chapter before this in Luke chapter 18, we hear about this person called the rich young ruler, that he was someone that, that wanted to know what it meant to have the kingdom of God to enter into him, for him to live and have salvation. And Jesus told it to him clearly that you need to go and sell all your possessions and then you can come and follow him. Why? Because he knew all, all throughout scripture, he says it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle or a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. What is he saying? He's saying we get caught up with the things that we have and we find out that we don't have them, that our stuff has us. And he's saying monetarily possessions, these things can be an impasse and a problem for us to understand how Jesus calls us and longs to move through us. And scripturally, we see how this has historically been, been an issue, but we see here that he speaks to Zacchaeus and he says, Zacchaeus, you, my friend, by confession and profession of your faith, he says, come down at once. And all the people saw this and they began to mutter, but Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of everything away out of the gates right away. He's saying, I will hear the call and I will respond in obedience. This is the power of the Holy Spirit moving through his people. Because a clear view of Jesus shifts our priorities and our positions. It shifts us from a place of lifting ourselves up and it leads us to a humble posture of saying, Jesus, I want to lift you up. When we have a clear view of who he is, it shifts our priorities and it shifts our positions. And his view of Jesus changed the vision for his life. And it should change ours too. Because Jesus called him down from the heights of elitism and the authority and the establishment. And it says that he welcomed him gladly. I don't know if you're like me, if you ever get called on your stuff. And I don't know if I typically or would usually welcome it gladly, but I pray that that's the case through the conviction of the Holy spirit, that we would all welcome that gladly that I don't know when or at what point Zacchaeus shares this part of his declaration that he's willing to say through faith and association of a vision change that he's willing to give. This is a right response. This is a reasonable response that when he hears Jesus calls, he now longs to allow the Holy Spirit to move through him. In verse eight, again, it says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said, 
Here and now I give half the possessions back to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. See, just previous to this, we saw that people dealing with wealth and living in that reality, they were not liberated to eternity with Jesus. But Jesus is saying, listen, friends, he's up to something good. He can take us where we're at, lead us into this place where we become seen and known to the core of who we are. He'll lead us to a place where we will start to realize that Jesus speaks to us and reveals his plans for us. But he also allows us to know the call of God and the move that he has to flow through us because we have to give up some rights to allow him to rule. And if you and I are not responding in a way that would relinquish more control, if not would make us more generous. We, we have not been changed eternally. And doing, doing what we're doing consistently with what we've done in the past will not put us on this path that Jesus has called us to continue to perpetuate. No, he's called us to become less so he can become more. The scripture says, may I decrease so you can increase. In him, we have all that we need to see him move in a mighty way and he's up to something good and we have to give up to go up we must discover that there is a great God that will give us a love and a peace that cannot compete with any monetary value thing or any positional authority no we will always know that our God is greater more loving kind gracious slow to anger and that the things previously that gripped us are now the things that will grace God's glory it will he will use us to flow through us and release us to allow God to do the mighty work that he has for us to do. Because I believe that an encounter with him will leave us never to never be the same. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes within the sound of my voice here today. I just want to help point us to the Prince of Peace, Jesus himself. It says that he came to encounter that Jesus himself revealed himself as the true living God. And there was rumors of who he was. It says that Zacchaeus had a hard time getting to him because of the crowds, but he went out on a limb and took a risk. Maybe you're watching today and you have never come into a church building because of the crowds, but today you're coming because you want to truly know Christ. I just believe this is your time. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you want to say yes to him, I want to pray this simple prayer with you. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin and give me a brand new beginning that starts right now. I confess you as Lord, Savior, ruler of my life. I no longer live, but it's you who lives in me. Amen. And friends, let me just pray for us as we go today. Jesus, I thank you for your words. God, like Zacchaeus, I pray that we would know that you're up to something good, even when you call us down to a humble posture of humility. God, may we see you and know that you see us. Know that you have plans for us, that you would reveal them to us. You would speak to us. God, that you would lead us in these times. And in these times, we would know that you call us to great glorious things that you're going to do your powerful work in us to do a powerful work through us. God, we believe these moments together will grace us and shape us and lead us unto your glorious, righteous name. We pray. Amen.